The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, I normally start by saying Happy Brandon Day, but that hardly feels relevant to this one. Aloha, Brandon Day. Uh, you stole my line. Yeah. Aloha, Brandon Day. <laughs> We're such cornball play-by-play guys. We got to come up with something better. Uh, I thought about the last two days I was going to open up with Aloha, and, <laughs> and I did. killed it. So I there killed, you go. I stabbed it. I stabbed it right in the heart for you. You're welcome. How's uh, How's Hawaii? Hawaii's good. I bet. Uh, got here yesterday. Got a chance to uh, walk up and down, head towards downtown. I'm in Honolulu. Nice. Um, got a hotel view of the ocean, which is lovely. Um, so it's it's been quite nice, except for the fact that I uh, went to bed about 10 o'clock yesterday. And about an hour later, I get this blaring like horn noise in my hotel room. And Japanese and English saying to evacuate. Oh, my God. And so I obviously woke up in a panic because I'm sleeping and <laughs> loud noises are happening. And I call downstairs. I'm like, do I need to evacuate? They're like, no, we're, we're trying to figure out what actually happened. You, you can stay in your room. Okay, cool. Mm. Thanks. My heart is now beating a million beats per second for the next 30 minutes. That's crazy because, you know, I just last night, uh, my wife and I are re-watching 24 for unre- no, for unknown reasons just because it's great show yeah fantastic show we've had this conversation on twitter we're in season three where they have the uh the contagion in the in the hotel we just watched mm. that episode where everybody comes downstairs for a fire alarm and they send them all back up to their rooms and as you're telling me the story i'm like where's jack where's jack <laughs> brandon you're making the wrong call just just run uh but you appear to be okay so no no viral symptoms yet no, no, I'm no, good, okay, and uh, okay. of course, I got my one eye, so I'm like wandering around my room with my one good eye, trying to figure out like where the noise is coming from, and then trying to locate the phone to call downstairs, and then I'm like, wait, do I go outside? Like, is this a ploy? Are there going to be people in the hallway waiting for me? So that's what went through my head about 11 o'clock last night. Oh, man. Well, that's 11 o'clock Hawaii time, so you're yes. you're adjusting well, at least. At least the time isn't crushing you too much. You guys are out there for... Uh, for a college basketball game, if folks are wondering. You're not on pure vacation, but you do have a little bit of free time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have a game tonight, and then we leave tomorrow. So it's really a 48-hour trip. Aww. And I've gotten a couple hours yesterday to wander around, probably about four or five hours, and I got a couple hours today. And then uh, we leave tomorrow afternoon. Oh, man. Well, even a short trip, I am still jealous, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Welcome, everybody, to Brandon Day. It's one day late, but no worse for the wear. Thursday on Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I'm going to do all the promo stuff after you're off the show, because I know, like you just said, you got a couple of hours. You're busy out there. Um, I've got to shoot back and do another shuttle run for preschool. So let's get this, let's get this party started. It's buy low, sell high. What do you got for us this week? So... I'm going to do a a buy low of someone that keeps popping up in my mentions of someone that should be traded away from teams. And someone that you and I talked about yesterday, James Harden. I'm Mm. putting him on here. Uh, I know he's still one of the top two guys in fantasy, but I'm still putting him on here, Dan. It feels like this is an opportunity where you're still going to have a difficult time doing a one-for-one to try and acquire James Harden. But I think you can do a two for one. And this is really only for the people that are 
probably in the top three or four of their leagues. Because if you're not, I am convinced that at some point he's going to sit for a week or two because it does seem like he's hurt. You don't just drop off the map, drop off the map like he has. So I'm putting him on there as someone who's a two for one. And I have some guys that are sell highs that you can probably put in that two for one with a stud that can allow you to acquire James Harden. What do you think? I am 150% with you on this. I, I am fully on board. This is your one window all season long where you might be able to pry James Harden out of the cold, dead fingers of whatever team actually has him. Because for, I mean, what what's the what's the NBA season? Like 20, 25, 26 weeks, something like that? For 24 and a half of those, you've got no shot. Whoever has Harden is going to be like, uh-uh, no chance. This guy's winning me my weeks in head-to-head. He is... I still, even with the the slump, he's probably still the most valuable player in the NBA in head-to-head formats because the the turnovers are the reason he's not in first place in nine category. And a lot of, I mean, it's a long discussion for another day, but basically in head-to-head, you're probably going to lose turnovers because you're trying to have more games than your opponent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He's in a massive shooting slump right now. Just a colossal shooting slump. He shot 28%. Yesterday's ball game... Uh, after he sat out a couple with the bruised thigh, so we know something is going on. And going into going into that game, he hasn't had a game where he shot over fifty percent from the field, basically as far back as I can remember. I, I mean, you got to go all the way back to January third. That's almost a month ago now. For the last time, he had what you could probably call an efficient game from the floor. He had one where he shot eight for seventeen in there, and so you'll give an honorary mention on that one. But we're, I mean, we're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row now where he's been in this massive shooting slump. It's still going to take, uh, you know, an Uncle Scrooge size money bin to get him off of somebody's team. But you've got a shot, you know. Uh, two weeks ago, it was going to be a blanket no. And you're right. It's coming up on Twitter. It's coming up in the forum. Should I give Harden away for these two guys? Should I give Harden away for these two guys? My answer is still resoundingly no for those people. Um, but now the question for us, Brandon, is what is it going to take to to get him? I mean, I think you've got to do like a top seven or eight guy and probably another top 30 guy to even get into the ballpark, to get into a conversation with the person with James Harden. Yeah, it's interesting because ESPN, you and I have talked about this before, has this stupid rule where you can only have four centers. And it's funny because I added Christian Wood a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, he's going to get center eligibility at some point. Maybe I shouldn't drop him because that center might get added. And, of course, nowhere on ESPN can you find out how many games you need, how many games away this person is. So I dropped him, and then all of a sudden, of course, he gets center and eligibility. But the point is that so many of these guys are now listed as centers. I was thinking about trading away Carl Anthony Towns to get Harden. And this is a league that counts double-doubles and triple-doubles. So if you're a Towns owner, that's something that can kind of be on your radar. What do you think about a Towns for Harden swap? Into it. Offer it up. This second, pause the podcast and go offer it up. No <laughs> yeah, question. I, I, I was thinking the same too. Uh, Dame for Harden right now is an interesting. I wonder if he might be a guy. <laughs> Did I just jump over one of your sell high guys? No, no. Okay, good. So what about, because Damian Lillard is putting on a ridiculous clinic these days. He's an interesting candidate to, to lob out there. I don't think you could get Harden for Dame straight up, but I mean, you throw Dame in with... Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to scroll down my list here to somebody between 30 and 40. Uh, maybe DeMar? Damon DeMar for James Harden? Would you Would you give up that much for Harden? 
I, I might do the Dame Demar side, but it tells you how close it is, like, and how it it intrigues people. That's why these two for ones are so interesting, Dan, because the two guys sound so tasty, and you're only giving up one. So that's why a two for one makes a lot of sense. And how about this guy that's in my sell high list? How about Zion Williamson? Mm. If you've held him this long, I understand. But a guy that has a lot of hype around him right now, and the production has been good. But what if you pair him with maybe a guy like, I don't know, a Luka Doncic or a Chris Paul and do that two for one for James Harden? Yeah, little do people realize that Luka, with his free throw shooting and and field goal shooting slump lately, has fallen to number 19 in 9-cat. That happened really fast. It was like this all-of-a-sudden thing he was... He was slumping, but he was still hanging on in that top seven, top eight. And then all of a sudden, he fell a full round. He's back down where people drafted him now. He's no longer a draft day win in nine cat. Yeah, it's caught people by surprise for sure. But the question is, do you think that he's able to get back up? No, I don't. I mean, I think we this is the jump that we were hoping he would take. And it's just leveled off after that crazy, insane start. Like now... Last year, he was shooting 43% from the field. We're talking about Doncic now. Uh, 71 at the foul line. This year, 46 from the field, 76 at the free throw line. If you had told me coming into the season, hey, he's going to have a you know 35 to 4% bump field goal, 5% bump free throw, is that enough for you to take him in the second round? I would have said, oh, yeah. I mean, those are the two categories we were eyeballing. It was just that he was shooting 50 and 82 for the first two months of the year, and I'm scratching my head like, this is, I mean you know kudos golf clap he did way more than i could have ever expected and now it's kind of regressed to where still a nice positive movement for him but the way he got there makes it feel a little bit weird but yeah i mean absolutely throw him in there uh he's effectively now he's kind of become like the harden minus one type of deal right like if you upgraded luka Doncic, you would get the james harden stuff just better free throws uh, fewer rebounds, obviously, but you know the assists are high, the scoring is high, a little steal, a little block, more blocks for Harden. Obviously, he's averaging one a game this year. Um, if you could get him, if you could get Harden for Doncic and, like we were talking about, someone in that uh, that that sell high region, like a Zion, I think I would do it. I think I'd pair Doncic with anyone inside that thirty-five to fifty range and see if you could go get Harden. This this is your window. We got to do it now. Exactly. And the reason why I throw up Zion's name is because if your team was surviving without him, then I'm kind of looking at this like a one for one because you didn't have Zion for so long. So if you give up a guy like a Devin Booker or a Luka Doncic and get a James Harden, you're improving that one slot and you didn't have Zion before. And in a two for one, you're able to replicate the numbers you're getting from Zion by streaming. And a quick sidetrack, by the way, because I've gotten a lot of random things in my mentions over the last week. When a guy has one or two good games, everyone's asking, should I pick him up? And then a week later, he has a bad game. Should I drop him? Derek White's a perfect example. Everybody last week was asking, should Derek White be an ad? And I said, well, sure, go ahead. He's a guy that's proven it before, but it's going to end up being someone you drop eventually. And then yesterday I got, is it time to drop Derek White? The thing with this, guys, is either have patience with somebody that we've seen has done this before, or like a guy, for example, like a Torian Prince, if you're able to wait on him, or just stream the spot. 
stop adding and dropping these guys because you're going to miss these hot streaks. It's yep. just going to happen. Yep. If you add, if it's a guy that's going to hang around that 90 to 125 range, they're going to have good games and bad games. I mean, the only guys in the NBA that don't really have bad games are the guys inside the top 20. There's a reason that they're up there. It's because they're good every damn night and their bad games are still pretty good. Everybody else on the list is going to have bad games. And as you work your way farther down the list to the slightly more fringy guys, the bad games just get a little bit more frequent or a little bit more severe in, in how bad they are. And Derek White had one really bad game that followed some incredible good ones. So I, with guys like that, I, I almost always preach patience uh, certainly at this juncture of the year. Once you're once you're into full streaming mode, I get it. Then you sort of want guys flipping on and off and head-to-head. You want to maximize your games. But if you're looking for guys that are going to s- slowly produce for you over the rest of the year, yeah, you're going to miss the. I mean, it's the Danny Green phenomenon from the last decade. By the time you pick him up, his hot streak is over. So, yeah, I mean, have patience with those guys. But I'm really glad you brought up James Harden on the buy low because it's weird to talk about the number two player in fantasy as a buy low candidate, uh, but he is right now. And for him, a buy low just means there's a chance. So explore some options. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, at uh, BD Marcus, I'm at Dan Vespers. We can lob some ideas back and forth of what packages you can put together. Brandon, before we get to your next guy, I want to take a brief uh, sojourn here to the concept of the two for one. I think a lot of people muck it up. And so maybe we need to spend two or three minutes just detailing what it really means to send a two-for-one out. You're, the two side, this is very important, the two side doesn't need to equal the one. It needs to far exceed it in overall numbers because there are two slots in play. People in most leagues now, and there might be some folks out there that are still in somewhat beginner leagues where you could pull off a two-for-one where you're like, hey, the two guys I'm sending you, they're averaging the same as the one guy you're giving back. But it's a it's a per slot value so that's why we're talking about for James Harden you need to give away another probably top 10 top 15 guy with also another top 40 top 50 guy even though their combined numbers are way above what Harden does by himself the idea is what would Harden and one other mystery guy perform against those two so uh Brandon I mean I your your additional thoughts on that obviously welcome here I just feel like a lot of people goof up when they're sending out the two side and aim way too low. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can start at, but you need to understand that if you're sending out two guys, like you said, for the one and their numbers match, then most likely it's going to get rejected. So you need to realize, like you said, there's a second guy that's coming into play. And I'm going to take the other side on this for a second, Dan, where if you're doing a two for one, you're obviously getting, and let's say you're getting the James Harden side, you're getting an open slot. And so that's someone that you're either going to stream, you're going to go pick somebody up, a guy like Derek White, for example. But the one time where I would say do not do a two-for-one, because we're spending all this time talking about James Harden, is if you have three or four spots on your roster where guys are either injured or just players that you're streaming that aren't very good. Because that's the only time I would take the two side, is when you strengthen your roster, when you feel like you are strengthening your roster, and those two guys far exceed the numbers of that one guy and you like the production from those two over the one that's the only time i would do the two for one where it makes a lot of sense and it has to be two very good players we've talked about two guys that you can combine for james harden and so it has to make a make a lot of sense if you're going to take that two side yeah absolutely you you need to be 
deeper leagues, uh, beat up teams, stuff like that. It's got to be, to me, that's more the exception than the rule, but absolutely. All right, next on your list, who's number two here? I'm doing Rashawn Holmes. You still have a chance. He's hurt, and he hasn't come back. You and I have talked about time and time again, the only time to trade for somebody like a Rashawn Holmes to get fair to get value is when someone's hurt. And this injury, I mean, I'm not. We're, we've done this. I feel like this is exactly what other, like the Premier League, for example, does with this new video assistant referee VAR. Like they complain about it all the time. I think we're complaining about injuries all the time and how we don't know if a guy's actually healthy or not. When Rashawn Holmes said he's going to play the next night after getting hurt, and here we are, and he has tanked my head-to-head matchups the last three or four weeks with him being sidelined. But, yes, this is their chance now to go ahead and get a Rashawn Holmes. I think this is when his value is at its lowest, where people don't know when he's going to come back and you don't know what he's going to produce. And, frankly, I think people forgot how good he was when he was healthy. So I'm putting Holmes on this list. Yeah, what's it going to take to get him? What would you What would you give up for him right now? Would you give up somebody in the top 50, or is that too too pricey? I would give up, let's say, I would give up Perzingis, who's at 59. Okay. Um, I would give up a Brooke Lopez at 51. Mm, interesting. Uh, Hayward maybe at 50. So you, so you are really you're. I was going to say I'm probably looking more in the sixty range than the fifty range, but I, I mean, I like that you're willing to go a little bit, a little bit higher because Holmes was, he was a serious difference maker on fantasy teams when he was healthy. He was a top twenty five guy for most of the year. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather start lower. I mean, if you can do a healed for Holmes, um, healed may still be a buy low, but this whole switch to the bench is odd. Jaylen I'm not Brown. sure Walt knows what he's doing over there. D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Brown. I would love to get yes. those guys up and get a Rashawn Holmes back. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell's been unbelievable. I almost had him as a sell high, but I was like, I put him on this list so many times. For these Warriors, if you still have them, try and trade them. And honestly, there is no better window right now than to sell D'Angelo Russell. And like at this moment, he has been unbelievable over the last several ball games. So if you're able to trade him for Rashawn Holmes, that's a trade I would do. Would you trade uh, Al Horford for Rashawn Holmes? Yes. Hmm, okay. So there's a few names in there. I'm guessing there are a handful of names in that in that group where you probably wouldn't. Let me do right. let's go lightning round here real fast. Uh, I'm gonna go from and I'm looking at the basketball monster numbers now. So we're gonna go fifteen names. Uh, starting with Gordon Hayward. He there he they have him at forty eight. You said maybe on him, right? Yeah, I think I would do that just because everyone's now getting healthy, the Tatums, the Kembas, and the Browns, so <laughs> there's a lot of usage to share. The Tatums, the Kembas, and the Browns. Uh, Tobias Harris or Rashawn Holmes? Harris. Shea? Shea. You already said Holmes over Brooke Lopez. Jaron Jackson Jr.? Mm, I think I'd take JJJ, just yeah, bigger upside. I think I would, too. CJ McCollum? That's, that's a tough one because he's consistent and he puts up points, but Holmes blows him out of the water and a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. By the way, if you're trading for Holmes, you probably you need to be able to afford to have him sit for probably a week or two because it's very possible that he sits out till the All-Star break. Yeah. Um, I would say Holmes. Mitchell Robinson or Holmes? Holmes. Jamal Murray or Holmes? Murray's still hurt, so yeah. I think I'm going I'm to do, do Holmes. Ooh. Jonas Valanciunas? JV. Well, Nerland's Noel, I'm guessing you're probably going Holmes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's like Rashawn with less playing time. Uh, yeah. KP, you said Holmes. And then we get to TJ Warren, Nemanja Bielitsa, Jalen Brown, D'Angelo. These ones are all 
much more clearly the uh, the home side, I believe, there. Okay, um, yeah. that's a good one. I like that one. That one's a little bit more cut and dry because the Harden one, there's a lot of other kind of moving pieces. Um, third guy, you got one more for us? I had, by the way, TJ Warren, uh, credit to Adam King of Fantrax. He was a guy that I had on the sell high list. So that kind of adds to it. A guy that has been very good recently, and then there are now blurbs starting to come out that guys like Warren and Lamb understand that their usage is going to go down. Aaron Holiday is going to be kicked out of the rotation with Oladipo back. So those guys that you have on the Pacers, if you're able to still try and trade them in a two-for-one, maybe not for a guy like James Harden, but these are guys that I would put with a top 40-ish player to try and get a top 20 player. is a yeah. guy like TJ Warren who's on my list that was sell high. Dylan Brooks is another guy that I think is a sell high, who's been really good recently. And people may look at his numbers and ooh and ah. Um, and then finally, I'm going to go one more time with Derek Rose as a sell high. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. It seems like he's going to get traded. Woj apparently said that it's pretty likely as opposed to Drummond, which it seems like it's very quiet on that front, which you predicted. So kudos to you. A golf, uh, clap, golf clap for you. Tip of the hat to you. Um, so yeah, I would say Derek <laughs> Rose as well on this list. I don't know what to do with a guy like Derrick Rose. He's a tough guy to sell high on, I think. I don't know what you can get back. He's He's been solid this year. He's been hovering in that, that 80 range for most of the season with uh, really nice efficiency numbers. No defensive stats. He doesn't shoot the three, but you know points, assists, good field goal percent, and good free throw numbers. But there is a chance the bottom falls out. Is there anyone near him, not even to call it a sell high, just to like sell sideways, that has maybe a little bit of a safer outlook the rest of the way, like maybe Boyan Bogdanovich, not that dissimilar a stat set without the assists. Uh, Chris Dunn is inside 90. Uh, DeJounte Murray, Daniel Tice, Marcus Morris. Did any of these guys pique your interest to, to get in return for Derrick Rose? Well, I want nothing to do with Marcus Morris after his stupid comments yesterday. <laughs> I um, wonder what's going to happen as a result of that. The tackle, the idiotic comments post-game. He did already apologize, at least, so there's that. Did, did he? Yeah, what a joke. Um, Buddy Heald is a guy that I would target. But I really think with Derrick Rose, I, I don't think you're trying to do a one-for-one. One. I don't think it makes sense with a guy like Derrick Rose. I think he is a guy that you attach to a two-for-one with a guy in a top 40. Let's say, for example, like a Gallinari. Gallo and Rose... For someone like Tatum, it would be a two-for-one that I would try and do, where you're upgrading that first guy, and you're going from Gallinari to Tatum. Forget about Rose. I think you can Rose's value is going to go down to the point where he might get dropped in some leagues when he does get traded. If he does go to a team like the Lakers, for example, his numbers are not going to be as good. So I think you're tr just trying to improve that first guy is my M.O. on a two-for-one. Yeah, I think you could even aim for a smaller jump from Gallinari. I mean, yes, obviously, if you can use Rose to turn Gallo into Tatum, that would be a win. Uh, I would say almost anybody about a round above. I think Rose is probably worth about a round of value over whatever guy yes. in that range you're trying to upgrade. So turning Gallo from mid-40s to like late 30s is actually a reasonable target. Uh, guys in that range include Donovan Mitchell. Again, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's only like seven, eight slots ahead of him. But it's a, it's a significant value jump when you're talking about fourth versus third round guys. Zach Levine, Drew Holiday are all in that, that bunch right there. I don't think you're going to get Pascal Siakam. There's more, more name power there than his actual ranking at the moment. Um, but yeah, if you can turn Gallo from a, uh, an early, I guess what the hell would he be? He'd be a mid to late fourth into a mid to late third. 
that's your play there. Use those guys in the 80 range. That's the two for ones we're talking about. That actually, listen, that that played nicely, Brandy. You sort of you tied it all up into a neat little package by talking about how to use mid round guys, mid to late round guys to to maybe just make the tiniest improvement. If you tried to go Gallo and Rose and said, well, these guys together, they're averaging almost 40 points a game. I better target somebody in the top 15. You're going to get laughed out of the building, man. It's got to be small incremental moves depending on the second guy that you include in the trade. That's how you build a two-for-one. And I would also say do it off do it off the actual trade machine. Don't just send out an offer to somebody. If I mean, you can to start the conversation, but have a dialogue. Get a text message thread going with somebody. This is how things get done. Otherwise, it's going to take you three weeks to get a trade done. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And that we somehow made this theme of the episode two for one. Yeah, thanks. You gave me a much easier title to write. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad to help you out. You know what? It must be the Hawaiian air that's just making me feel at peace and just helping out my brain and just making it make crisp, smart decisions. No, it definitely wasn't the middle of the night fire alarm that did it for you. (laughs) It kept you wide awake. Very true. Yeah, today's episode is brought to you by Brandon Isles Kona Coffee Company. That's what we're going with. I was going to make a joke about that actually yesterday. I was like, yeah, I'm actually here on business going to check out our friends at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Yeah, Brandon's sniffing beans this week. That's what you're up to. (laughs) Have fun out there, man. We'll talk to you. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you Monday. Later, dude. Anybody else wish they were there instead of here? Wherever here might be? I know, man. Hawaii's Hawaii's great. Uh, My wife and I, we did a Hawaii trip before we had our first kid opportunity. I guess you probably want to take your kids back there, but it's just so so far. It's such a relaxing place. I don't know. Caught between a a rock and a a brain space thinking, what's really relaxing about it? You want to take your kids someplace where... Maybe they can have a little bit of freedom, and I don't know. The ocean scares me a tiny bit. Anyway, uh, let's dig into some of the other stuff today. Number one, I said I postponed all of our promo until the middle of the show, so you'll be hearing that the rest of the way. We also have a short Wednesday to recap. What the hell, man? Gave us a little baby Wednesday, and uh, then a a similarly sized Thursday here. Six gamers back-to-back. That's what's coming up the rest of the podcast today. Obviously, tomorrow we'll have our weekend review and our weekend preview. So let's segue into some of that stuff. Again, that was the great Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus on Twitter. And I am Dan Bespris. You've heard that already. You can search for Dan from Hoopball if you want to find me easily or just type in my name. My Twitter handle is at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. First thing on the docket, folks, please keep the applications coming in. It's fantastic right now. If you want to join our midday sales team here at Hoopball, you got to have some availability. Pacific time call hours. We'll have you on the phone. Opportunity to make some cash while working for your buddies here or with your buddies here, I should say, at Hoopball. We can tie that in if you want to be a contributor elsewhere at Hoopball. Really a cool way to sort of kickstart a potential career in sports in a part of our operation where you can actually see some coin doing it because uh, elsewhere it's it's hard. You know, it's hard to make money writing or podcasting about fantasy sports. It can take years and years and years to get kind of up and over that threshold. And this is an opportunity to make some phone calls. Uh, I mean, it, it's not easy, you know. Sales isn't easy. But if it's something you're already good at, if it's something you want to explore, uh, hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter or send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Also, that email address slash my Twitter feed, 
the continuing promo with our buddies over at mybookie.ag extended until tomorrow, Friday afternoon Pacific time is when the promo officially ends. We have a nice chunk of entrance right now, but you still have a really good chance to win. I'm not going to tell you exactly what your chances are to win, but they are pretty damn good because HoopBall is giving away $200 in cash, and it's going to be broken up as follows. This is the promo. First of all, follow our guys over at HoopBall Gaming. That's the first thing you got to do. So pause the podcast right now, search HoopBall Gaming Twitter, and then follow that feed because the great guys over there... By the way, I did a guest appearance on uh, today's gaming podcast. So you can listen to that if you want to hear my gambling thoughts today. That show is called Today in Sports Betting. And again, you can find it at Hoopball Gaming. Ira, Neil, Devin, Josh doing a wonderful job. I did the show with Neil for today. So follow that Twitter feed. That's the first step in the process. Second step in the process of this contest is you open up an account at mybookie.ag using promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. You get a 50% deposit match. You have to deposit money when you open your account using that promo code. You get the 50% deposit match. When you do that, screenshot it. It doesn't have to be in the moment. Just screenshot your account so we can see what your initial deposit was and send us that screenshot. Again, that's what I was talking about before, why the Twitter handle, the email address are important. Once again, I'll give those to you. The Twitter handle is at Dan Bespris or at Hoopball Gaming. You can tweet the screenshot to those two, or you can email it to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com if you don't want it floating around in the open social media. Either way, nobody's stealing anything from you. That's the way you enter the contest. And then tomorrow, Friday afternoon, is when we will put an end to the contest. I haven't decided exactly what day we're going to announce winners, but it'll be coming up either tomorrow or very shortly thereafter. What can you win? Well, I mentioned $200, actual cash dollars, not vouchers, not not swag. This is money. This is actual money that you can win. And the way you win it, again, entering the contest, we're going to be drawing random names. We'll do it on a video feed so nobody thinks we're doing anything goofball. You will be given as much as your initial deposit was up to $200. So if you deposited 50 bucks and you win the contest, we'll give you 50 bucks. Basically, HoopBall will be bankrolling your gambling adventure. It is awesome. You're ne- you're then officially playing with house money. If we give away $50 to the first winner, we still have $150 to give away, so we'll draw another winner until we give away all $200 in cash to folks that sign up with mybookie.ag using promo code today. Let's go have some fun. Yesterday, we bet on the Chicago Bulls. It was a sweat, but it was a winner. That was after winning the Spurs bet on Zion's return. I've been giving out very infrequent wagers, but they are winning, and the guys over at Hoopball Gaming are doing a lot more, and they're winning too. So hit me up. You want to join the team, or you want to get in the contest. Let's look at Wednesday's results here. Uh, I want to keep this somewhat on the brief side because this show's coming out a little bit later in the day than usual. Chicago at Indiana lost in overtime, 115-106. We had the Bulls catching 9.5 points, leading by 7 with under 3 minutes to go in regulation, and they somehow almost blew this thing. We ended up winning by the hook. Thank the good Lord. I would have been so upset. But what we are also seeing is that Chandler Hutchison is digging into the minutes at guard. The one guard who's immune to it is Zach Levine. He's going to play a boatload regardless, so you don't have to worry about him. It's the Chris Dunn, Tomas Sadoransky, Chandler Hutchison thing going on right now. By the way, there's no first N in his name. It's not Hutchinson. It's Hutchison. There's no N before that S. 
So we'll make sure we're getting this one right. He took his minutes from Chris Dunn in yesterday's game. Dunn wasn't playing well. He was getting roasted uh, by Malcolm Brogdon and uh, and various other Jeremy Lambs and Justin Holidays and so forth. They realized they needed a little more offense out there. So Sadoransky saw a slight boost in minutes. Dunn got the hit. Hutchison played well, and he saw more minutes. This worries me. Those minutes are now a three-headed monster with, you know, a smattering for guys like Kobe White off the bench. Denzel Valentine saw 22 minutes. Suddenly, when Valentine and Hutchison were out, it was easy. Dunn and Sadoransky were each getting 30-some-odd minutes a game, and it was simple. Now, there isn't a guarantee. It's going to go to whoever's playing best, and this makes me very worried about the outlook for all of those guys. I've already said I've basically moved on from Sadoransky. Again, if you want to hang on a little bit longer, that's fine. He obviously played well in this game. But overall, he's been kind of coming out of a slump, but the usage is way, way down. And as the minutes trend down, that's a tough pill to swallow. Luke Cornett only played 20 minutes. Cristiano Felicio actually outplayed him in this game. He had 11 and 8 uh, in 29 minutes off the bench. At this point, I actually picked up Daniel Gafford in one league because it's so clear that neither of these two centers can hang. As Gafford gets healthy, could be a week, could be two. Let's hope it's before Wendell Carter Jr. because otherwise there won't be any value for Gafford either. But if he beats Wendell Carter Jr. back, he'll be the immediate starting center playing big minutes. So I've actually stashed him in a couple of spots as an injury stash, mostly in spots where I can afford to, you know, take a few zeros. So generally not head-to-head. On the Indiana side, Victor Oladipo made his return, played 21 minutes. He was on a strict minutes cap yesterday, had nine points, four assists, missed a bunch of three-pointers, but did hit a uh, game tire, which for those of us with money on the game was a difficult one. Damanis Sabonis had a slower one yesterday. He, for whatever reason, struggled with Thad Young. Those two guys obviously beat each other up in practices last year, so Thad very crafty on the defensive side. Justin Holiday played well off the bench. Jeremy Lamb was okay, but he's probably going to be trending down here. And TJ Warren continues to have a really nice season. Just good efficiency. Um, even if he takes a little bit of a hit, I think he's shown himself to be a cut above on the scoring side. And uh, he, he should be okay. Slight hit, not the hit that guys like Lamb and, I mean, Aaron Holiday didn't even play in yesterday's game. So we'll keep an eye on Victor Oladipo's minutes are supposed to stay somewhat low here for the next two weeks or so. And uh, then you can probably turn him loose. 24 minutes a game at full health. He's probably worth using as a top 100, top 90 type of guy. Um, but let's let him get his legs underneath him first. Detroit lost in Brooklyn, but we did get some nice news out of this ball game for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, Andre Drummond played through his injury, had a, another bad free throw shooting game. He's been trending down there after a hot start this year. And another really high turnover game. Way too many turnovers for a guy who's not good offensively. This is just a kind of an ugly game, but at least he played, so that was something. Markeith Morris went chuck crazy off the bench, but was actually pretty efficient. He had 15 points in 32 bench minutes, which means that Sekou Dembuya played eight minutes total in this game, and that continues to be a rough situation to monitor. Reggie Jackson's minutes are trending up. He has, as I've mentioned, a slightly higher ceiling this year than the last couple because there's no Blake Griffin to be the primary ball handler. If Derrick Rose gets moved, Reggie Jackson, I think, would become a must-own guy. Right now, he's going to be fringy. He'll probably settle in that 100 to 130 range, and that's useful for some fantasy teams as a scoring type of point guard who generally shoots the free throw quite well generally will hurt you in field goal percent, although he had a better game yesterday. 
uh, and really doesn't do anything defensively. So that, that there are some limiting factors there. He's sort of like a Lou Williams with uh, probably more threes and worse free throw numbers. That's your comparison there. Derrick Rose still humming along, having a fantastic year overall. I mean, I you know I know he's a big time NBA fan or a player favorite, and he was a guy that I got left at for drafting in few spots, and he's turned out to be a really nice last round pick, sitting at eighty four in nine category leagues. If he gets moved, obviously things turn ugly for him. He won't have this type of opportunity, but I'm still not convinced that Detroit is moving all of their guys. And finally, the big news of the day. Christian Wood played alongside Andre Drummond for a few minutes in this game. Big, big deal. That allows Wood to get to 20 minutes, even with Drummond healthy. It makes this next week and or less, less week, well, less than a week from right now, will be done with the trade deadline. So uh, the next week makes it is a lot easier for him. He's no longer just a useless stash. He's now an active stash, and uh, he also hit his free throws, which was really good because that has always been a slight negative for him. The good outweighing the bad, obviously, at this point for Wood. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he basically overnight now, he went from a trade deadline stash to a guy you can use anyway. So that's cool. Really good news on that front. For Brooklyn, Torian Prince has been ramping up lately. He's still not where we need him to be because, you know, you put in two and a half months of not being very good and then a couple of weeks of being a bit better. It's not going to balance things out entirely, but he's cruising along inside the top 90 over the last couple of weeks. Field goal percent at 43 instead of 37, and that's all the difference for him. That was really all it was. Let's hope that sticks. Kyrie Irving came back, had 20 points in this ballgame. He looked good. DeAndre Jordan actually looked decent enough off the bench in his 21 minutes. Jared Allen was still fine despite DeAndre Jordan, and Spencer Dinwiddie had one of his wake-up games. But you know who was not good? Karis LeVert. I know, I know. I've made my position clear on that. I had a long rant about you guys needing to stop asking me about Karis LeVert, and you've done well. People have not asked me about him since that rant, and I think you guys have understood why. Memphis blew out New York. Jay Crowder, Alfred Payton, Marcus Morris, a scrum right at the end of the ballgame. They all got ejected. We'll see if anybody gets suspended. I know Payton ended up kind of tackling Crowder. Marcus Morris saying some dumb stuff post-game, calling Jay Crowder woman-like in the way he moved in the game uh, as a as a uh, derogatory note on Jay Crowder flopping. To Morris's credit, he did come out and apologize for it, said he has nothing respect for women, but obviously when you say things like that in the heat of the moment, those are the things that you're like, this is the first thing that pops out? Not a great idea. And a real... Not that there's a good time to do it, but this was a particularly bad time to do it, given the fact that basically we're all still mourning the loss of uh, Kobe Bryant's daughter, who was sort of well-regarded in the basketball community as a potential WNBA superstar in the making and someone that could kind of change the women's game from a superstar perspective. Let's not uh, l- let's not do that there, Marcus, okay? Um, funny thing is, these are two guys, Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, that have been linked to other teams that are missing power forwards with a little bit of toughness, and then they ended up beating the hell out of each other. Whatever happens from this, you know, if there's suspensions or fines or whatever, you know, it's not an injury, so you don't have to bank too much on it. Brandon Clark has been trending up really nicely on the fantasy side. You know, he's been a must-own guy the entire season, but if his minutes now, which lately they have been, have been moving into from the consistently in that kind of 18 to 22 range, lately he's been more in the 21 to 25 range, that's a really big deal. 
Overall in the year, he's number 76 in 9-cat. Last month, he's at 92, so it hasn't really fit, sort of settled in yet. Last two weeks, he's averaging 24 minutes a game, and he's number 55 with 12-5, and five, a steal, a block, 62% from the field, and he's made all of his free throws with under a turnover a game. He was a guy that we talked about probably slowly trending up over the course of the year, even on a competitive possible playoff team. He's playing with Jonas Valanciunas at times, uh, he's just really good, and he's doing a lot of things well. It helps to be a tiny bit older, so there hasn't been that intense learning curve for him. So Brandon Clark, uh, big-time winner right now and and even trending up. Crowder, I know that he got ejected in this one, did come back after missing a couple of ball games. He's really, at this point, a three-pointers, rebounds, steal specialist because he's been really bad in a lot of other stuff. Dylan Brooks, the scoring run continues for him. He had 27, nothing else really. Um Almost went full boy on in this game, but he's scoring enough right now. I, I just I know the wheels are going to come off on that one soon. And then uh, Valanciu just had a rare bad shooting game, but you're not too worried about that. For the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, he's roaring these days. 31 minutes, one foul in this ballgame. Three steals, four blocks. Missed his free throws. That hurt a little bit, but 10-9 and nine with seven defensive stats. Trending up, continually trending up. We may now have missed the buy low window. He's number 54. He's getting healthy. He's at two blocks a game and rising if you could still get him i still would but i think it's going to be a lot tougher now especially after this ball game and i'll give a tip of the cap to alfred payton he's actually been pretty good the last couple of games he's shot the ball a little bit better and that's been a thing for him because if the turnovers are down and the field goal percent improves that allows him to make a better run he's number 93 over the last two weeks uh and that's again you know the steals the assists they're always going to be there for him he's been a little bit better uh, but when those percentages hit, they hit hard, and so you got to sort of know what you're getting into. As with a lot of guys, he made my specialist list on Friday, remember? You know, I didn't ace him out of that just because I don't like his game. He's a specialist, and he fits in a lot of formats. This is ROI time of the year. It's not pick the guy that's going to be, you know, the easy top 85 value. It's the guy who's maybe 95 but gives you the stats you need. Utah lost in San Antonio. I can't fully explain this one. Mike Conley played 21 minutes, had 12 points. Slowly but surely, he's showing mild improvement. I got the question uh, on Twitter, and, and I think it was in the forums as well over at Hoopball. How long do you hold Mike Conley? The All-Star break. That's an easy one. you got to give him a couple weeks at this point. This is Mike Conley we're talking about. I know he's been a brutal pain in the butt to own all year. And for Utah... Life as the distributor to Donovan Mitchell and to Boyan and to Rudy Gobert, it's not a super easy job to have, as we saw with Ricky Rubio taking a hit in his time in Utah. But, by the way, there was also a hack of Rudy in this game. The, the upside outweighs what the possible negatives. And at least he's playing again. So even if his numbers are not great, at least you're not taking zeros in your head-to-head right now. Otherwise, uh, you know, we're, holding, we're hoping that Joe Ingles can hang on to value. He's slowly receding here with Conley playing more. Um, you got to give it a couple weeks. That's the, that's the short version. DeJounte Murray got hot for San Antonio, so that put a little bit of a dent into Derek White, who, who had a really bad ball game the previous one. This one was just sort of meh, which we can handle. Jakob Pertl, must-start guy as long as LaMarcus Aldridge is out, even though he was a little bit quieter in this ballgame. And then DeMar DeRozan's going to go crazy while Aldridge is out. He has no choice. 
Oklahoma City blew out Sacramento. This was, oof, boy, the Kings, man. I know they beat Minnesota, not a good team. And Chicago, not a good team. But they got exposed in this ball game, Just running these half-hearted offensive sets. The Sacramento Kings half-court offense is truly bad. Truly bad. You can still, you can still trust Aaron Fox. You can still trust Buddy Heald. They'll have their good games to balance out the bad. Um, Nemanja Bialica had his his worst game of the season, but he'll be he'll bounce back. He'll be okay. But man, <laughs> boy, do they need Rashawn Holmes back? And I'm sure Marvin Bagley would help at this point too. Just anything to get away from that. The 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 action they were running was so remedial. I mean, Oklahoma City sniffed it out a mile away. I know the Thunder are a pretty good basketball team, but geez. And though for the Thunder, it's the same old story. You know, Nerlens Noel playing great off the bench. Steven Adams slowly getting healthy, but not quite there. Shea was good. Schroeder was good. Gallo was fine. Chris Paul didn't score well, but had seven rebounds and ten assists. Then they're a pretty damn easy team to handicap when they're relatively healthy. Uh, Lugens Dort had a big ball game yesterday, but no. To answer your question, you're not picking him up. And finally, Portland beat Houston. This run for the Rockets continues. It has been a tough one. For Portland, this couldn't come at a better time to run into a Rockets team struggling right now because the Blazers have won two in a row. They are over 500 at home, and they're only three games out of a playoff spot. So they're just going to keep scratching and clawing, and Damian Lillard has been going crazy lately, while the Rockets now have fallen into a tie with the Mavericks for the five seed, and only a game up on the Thunder. Things are getting interesting inside that top seven. The clustering has gotten a little bit more significant behind the Lakers. The Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Mavs, the Rockets, the Thunder. Uh, Clippers three and a half back, the Lakers, Thunder eight and a half back. There's kind of three teams ahead of the other ones. Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, and then Mavs, Rockets, Thunder are kind of their own little grouping now. But the fact that the Thunder are no longer alone in their group is evidence enough to say things are getting more fun at the top of the West. As far as the ball game goes, Russell Westbrook and James Harden chewed up all the usage, as per usual. Austin Rivers and Ben McLemore were hot, so that helped them, but the usage wasn't enough to warrant an ad in any of those spots. P.J. Tucker was actually decent. He had nine rebounds in this game because Clint Capella was very bad, probably still hurt, and I would venture to say, as we talked about earlier with Brandon, James Harden still hurt and definitely a buy low. On the Portland side, Trevor Ariza had a hot game, so it goes with him. They're going to alternate. But if he can really go 50-50 hot and cold, he could get a little bit better than the top 100 range that I was looking at. I just, you know, 64% for him. We have to have our expectations in check with Ariza. He's been around long enough for us to know what kind of a shooter he is, and he's streaky. And in Portland so far, he's hit eight three-pointers in 16 tries. That's 50% from downtown. He's a career 35% three-point shooter. And it's been right in that range, 35 to 38, for the better part of five years. He just is who he is. He's shooting 60% with Portland overall. So as much as we love what we've seen so far, we also have to know that he's a career 42% shooter from the field. So all of these things are going to come back to earth a little bit. The steals might stay. He has four in three games, 1.3 steals per game. That's actually a fairly achievable number. But the 16 points, the 60% shooting, the 50% from downtown, that's not going to stick. So if you can get something good for him, I think I would. 
But I still have a target in that 90 to 120 range for Ariza when all things settle down. Dame is going nuts right now. A um, little bit maybe of a sell high, but I don't know who you'd really target in that first round. Whiteside, kind of the same story. And then uh, as far as the rest of this ballgame goes, you, you kind of have a pretty good feel. Portland now has five starters that are fantasy relevant. Relevant, maybe not great, but relevant. Quickly, let's take a look at a slightly more populous Thursday than usual. we got six games tonight. Charlotte is at Washington. Washington now, it looks like they're back to being a three-horse team. Beal, Bertans, and Bryant, the Killer Bees. Charlotte, they're just, you know, bech. I'm still holding on to P.J. Washington, but he's the fringe guy. Rozier and Graham are the two guys that you actually do have on that team. Toronto, uh, expect expectation here is that Marcus Gasol will not be playing, which means you're going to get more Serge Ibaka. And it actually clears out by, by moving Ibaka up and moving everybody up the ladder. That'll probably clear out more opportunity for OG Ananobi and Norman Powell. And for Toronto, it's really, you know, they're one guy. That's the thing. They're one guy down, so then a bunch of other guys end up with more value. For Cleveland, Larry Nance has been great. Uh, this will be a tougher matchup, obviously. Toronto's a better team, but it's a high-scoring team. So, you know, hopefully he can push his way into value there as well. Philly, Atlanta, not much to care about on that Philadelphia side as Embiid works his way back. Same deal with the Hawks. You kind of know what you're getting with this team. Warriors at Boston. Sounds like Jason Tatum will play, but on a minute's limit as he works his way back from a sore groin. Not as not as bad, I assume, as the uh, Lowry Markinen pelvic uh, stress reaction. I just I can't get over pelvic stress reaction. That sounds very painful and very weird. But... Uh, yeah, for Boston, getting their guys back, I would actually, from a betting standpoint, I, I look, maybe look at uh, the uh, Warriors in this game. Marquise Chris is the guy I'm looking at for sure on the Golden State side. If you're asking me about Daniel Tice, you already got your answer, man. He's been dominating for a month now. Well, three weeks. Utah at Denver. Utah on the back-to-back. -back. Denver still down a few bodies. You know, at this point, I'm trusting, as I mentioned, Jokic, Grant, and Barton. Sacramento in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Sounds like Pat Beverly and Paul George both expected to make their returns in this ballgame. We'll wait and see and final confirmation on that one. Uh, but Sacramento, I mean, they, they really just have to play better than they did yesterday, right? Right? I don't know that it's guaranteed. But obviously this will put a little bit of a dent into Kawhi Leonard, who's still going to be outstanding, but he's been the number two fantasy player while George has been out and he probably slides back into that 5-6 range with him back. So it's a small jump, but it's a jump. And I'm very excited to get Beverly back because he's the linchpin of a number of my teams that don't score a lot. I need the Beverly line. I need the fantasy line back, Beverly. That's your show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Again, tomorrow we'll wrap up the week. Thank you to Brandon Marcus coming in from Hawaii. I am Dan Vespers. Hit me up. We got a lot of reasons to bug me. The MyBookie Contest wins some cash. Or join us here if you'd like to uh, be a part of the HoopBall family. And please, this first time I brought it up all week because it's been a tough week. Take a few minutes to drop that five-star review on the pod. I will continue to read reviews starting tomorrow. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.